Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome, Mark and Steve, on the PBSE Podcast. Uh, this is episode 209, and uh, you get to decide what level of intimacy you want in your relationship. I like it. Yeah, it's a cool, <laughs> it's a cool topic, right? It, uh, it's actually a pretty intense situation that was sent in to us by a partner. Uh, she talks about her husband, who's uh, gotten into recovery, and as often can happen, she began to legitimately, you can understand why, when she, she found out that stuff had been going on, she kind of put on her detective hat and started searching where he'd been online. He apparently had figured out ways to get around the internet filter that they put in place. We'd never heard of that before, Steve, right? Get no, it, not at all. around filters. And in doing so, she had the, uh, part of me says the unfortunate experience, but a really critical experience she discovered all kinds of stuff that he was looking at, categories he was searching on in pornography. She saw a whole different side to her husband that she never knew existed. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is the Mr. Hyde side of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde addict. We go to stuff, we do stuff, we get involved with stuff and search on stuff when we're in that little narrow addiction funnel that is absolutely horrifying and shocking. When people find out about, especially a spouse or a partner, it's it's unbelievable what happens in that process. So we want we want to immediately um, just show empathy and understanding, and our our hearts go out to this partner because no partner should ever have to be exposed to this behavior in their partner that is just so shocking in the process. So we're not here to talk about that. We just wanted to absolutely legitimize where she's coming from. What we sure. do want to talk about is, is the question that she asked us because what she said was, he doesn't know that I know about all of these things about his behaviors in this area. 
And I'm afraid to bring it up to him because I don't know how it's going to go. He's going to be incredibly embarrassed mm. to know that I know this now. And I, how do we navigate this with me having all of this knowledge of this dark side of his? I don't even know where to go from here. Mm. That's, that's what she's asking. And you and I, when we saw that, we, it's funny that we immediately thought, okay, levels of intimacy in a relationship. That doesn't mean levels of sex. It means levels of connection, closeness, into me you see, into you I see. How much of myself am I willing to show you and you show me? How deeply connected, how much do we really know each other? Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go with that as, as a coupleship? Right? Yeah. Well, and that's and that's hopefully the main message that that every that we are able to purvey today. You know, we're recording this here at the beginning of a new year, um, here in 2024, and uh, it's it's definitely an appropriate, I think, podcast in, in kind of that lens because you know we're standing at the beginning of a new year. It's a time when people make goals and they you know kind of reassess and different things. And and the thing that we always want clients to know, whether we're here on the podcast or in our clinics or on our Dare to Connect program. Is is that you get to and and have to be? Not only do you get to be, but you 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 are the only one that can be in the driver's seat of your relationship. Yes. Um, and so often, without realizing it, and you're talking to a couple of guys who did this for for forever, right? If we back up away from the pornography and everything else today, we're going to talk a little bit more mile high above that stuff than we usually talk about, and we're going to talk about relationship trajectory, right? Mm. Because this this has just as this. Today's discussion, today's podcast has just as much, if not more, to do with choice and the power of choice and being empowered in your relationship either as a partner or as an addict than it does the betrayal or the, or the pornography, like Mark said. We're not going to focus on that today. We focus on that in other episodes all the time. Because this partner, she talks about these tremendous concerns that she has of, she says multiple times in her submission this is going to make him feel shame or this is going to make him feel sad. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to drag him down. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And, and one of the main limiting factors that we oftentimes put ourselves from a well-intended place is, is we, we limit or box ourselves into what a relationship can become because we operate under these rules that come either from culture or from, what we've been taught or raised to believe that a relationship should quote unquote be, um, or from that place of caretaking for our partner. Mm -hmm. When you are making a relationship or formulating a relationship, formulating intimacy, there are some key ingredients that have to go into this. Okay. I was just recently, I was watching one of my favorite scenes with my niece. It's that scene from sleeping beauty, the, the, the Disney version where they're making the cake for Aurora. (laughs) Mm-hmm. they're making the cake in the cottage and they're talking about the different ingredients to add. And then they get in the big wand fight about which dr- color the dress is going to be and all that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I was raised by women. Okay. I'm, I'm a feminist, <laughs> but there was, there's, but as they're going through, that's what, that's what this made me think of because a rest, um, a, 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 a relationship is really not that different on an emotional level from a cake on a, on a physical level. There are certain ingredients that have to go into it and how much of each ingredient you put in determines what the cake turns into because cake is just a bread, right? Every cake, every bread is all based on the same fundamental stuff, but the stuff that I put into it determines whether it's a sourdough loaf or whether it's a birthday cake or whether it's a cheesecake or whether it's whatever, 
right? And the same thing kind of happens here, right? In every relationship, each of us has the obligation to not be subject to the whims of a relationship. And we all have to be actively looking at and cultivating a vision of what do I want any of my relationships to look like, most especially the ones that I'm closest to in, right? What do I want the level of intimacy to look like in this relationship? I get to decide. I am in the driver's seat when it comes to that. Contrary to what every, you know, every <clears throat> rom-com on planet Earth has taught me, I'm not subject to, <coughs> excuse me, random rules, right? I get to determine what that looks like for me. Yeah, and I can, and I can, I can, I can talk about what happens when we violate, you know, these this this really set of sound principles with regard to the ingredients that I put into this relationship and the level of intimacy I'm able to achieve as a result. And I will tell you from for me personally. I actually kept my addiction hid, hidden from my spouse for decades in my case. And what I was doing is I was withholding ingredients from our intimacy cake, so to speak. We were, I was, I, so here's the great paradox of it. I was desperate for connection, right? We say the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. Yes. So I'm desperate to connect. I'm yearned to be close to my wife, to be deeply connected to her, not just sexually, but emotionally, physically, spiritually, intellectually. I want to be close to her in all these ways, but I don't know how. And I have all this baggage I brought from my past into our, into our marriage. And how am I coping with life? The same way I coped as a, as a kid and a teenager in crisis, I go to my pornography and sexual outlets in order to cope. And then I keep that, that I'm doing that hidden from her. I live a, quote, secret life. And that then robs me of the ability to ever go to any deep level of intimacy with her. Why? Because she doesn't know me. Exactly. She didn't know me. She couldn't. I wasn't showing my whole self to her. I was showing pieces and parts of myself. And inside, that duplicity ate me alive. I'm like, I want to be close to this woman. And the closeness I have is a farce because she doesn't know who she's getting close to. And what did my shame say? If she knew the real me, the whole me, this was over. There's no way she would love and accept. And we'd have great conversations, do all the stuff we do. Cause she doesn't know me. Cause I'm not, I'm not letting her see me and I'm not letting her choose me. Yes. That was a big deal for me for a long time. Well, and, and it's a great point to bring up on that other side because it's 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 it really works in, in much the same way if it's addict to partner or partner to addict, right? It's this idea of, you know, I, I want to share, but it, the, because of fear of rejection or fear of how it's going to hurt the other person or fear of consequences or whatever it may be, right? I'm hesitant or I'm reluctant to do it. But just like going back to our, our recipe analogy, if you want to end up with a birthday cake, you can't do that without sugar. You can't do that without a sweetener, right? You ha there, are, there are only so many ways to make a birthday cake, so many different things you can swap out for that cake to, to not be terrible or disgusting or not workable. And when you're talking about a relationship and its potential for depth, okay? That's a main very important ingredient, word, yeah. Potential yeah. for depth. The main ingredient... It, the, the, the metaphorical flower, so to speak, right, which is the base of every cake, is how much of yourself are you going to share yes. with your partner? Yes. 
how clear of a window am I going to be into the people? And this isn't just your partner with, uh, with others in general, right? Because we have to make these same decisions about all of our relationships, right? This, this process is no different with any other relationship than it is with our primary one. That's the one we're talking about today. But all of us are at, at least 50% determinant of what does this relationship evolve into or grow into? And that main glass ceiling to which to which the depth that a relationship can go is how much am I willing to share? Now we have a partner here who understandably has some real concerns. She's she's she loves her her addict partner. She doesn't want him to feel shame. She's not trying to drag him through the mud. She she is actually very hesitant to do that. And I really resonate with the story because this is exactly the dynamic or very similar to the dynamic that my wife and I had. And I've shared that on this podcast before. For years, years, my wife, Brittany, from a place of wanting to be loving and supportive, uh, more than she even realized at the time, was cushioning me from the full impact of what my acting out behaviors were having on her, on me, and on our marriage as a whole. And she was much more of a cheerleader and much more of a, we can do this, we can make it type of person. Now she was authentic in that, but she was holding a lot of things back both from herself and in her own denial, but also from me out of a place of where this partner is coming from. Yes. And even though she did that from such a loving and caring place, unfortunately it had multiple impacts on us. The first is that it enabled my poor behavior. Because it allowed me to continue on doing the things that I was doing because I wasn't having to face the weight of my consequences. I was just living in denial about how this was impacting me. The second is that is, and these are both applicable to this couple that we're talking about. The second is that it kept us by nature at a distance on her end, despite her best intention, because I didn't really know my wife. I knew 70% of her or 80% or whatever percentage you want to put on that, right? But I didn't know the pain side. I didn't know the full extent to what was going on. And my wife is now shouldering a burden that A, she can't shoulder herself, but B, because I don't know those things, I don't have the ability to connect with her fully, even if I had the capacity at the time to be fully transparent, which I didn't. But even if I had, that now became a limiting factor in our marriage. What she was doing from a place of love was holding us back. And, and she didn't know you. No, either one. It was vice right? versa, right? It was coming from both directions. We had this bottleneck in between us. And again, it was from a loving place, very much yeah. similar to this situation. She wasn't doing it nefariously. She was doing it for all the reasons that we just talked about. She She's a positive person by nature. She doesn't like to dwell on the negative. She wants to be a solution creator, not a, not a downer. She loves and supports me and wants me to be happy, right? All of those were very loving, caring things. But because of the fear of how it would impact me, and from that loving place, it actually was doing the very thing that was going to hold us back, and it continued to hold us back until the day she got honest. And our spouses, you know, Steve, uh, Brittany and Aldon are very, very similar in personality and this caring, nurturing, positive, optimistic approach they take to life. And so my situation is very much what you described. She was always nurturing me, sheltering me, didn't want me to be embarrassed or ashamed. She didn't want to make, you know, quote, make me pay. She was never like that. But I'm going to say something that might sound mm, shocking or surprising to a lot of people listening, especially addicts. I needed, I needed to be confronted 
with the full force of my past bad behaviors so that I could experience full embarrassment and full shame and full reality for the choices I had made. I needed to have that experience. I couldn't progress forward in my recovery until I had that experience. And her avoiding it and me avoiding it wasn't, wasn't getting me to the place where I had to go if I wanted to move forward with my own recovery, with her healing, and with our relationship. I just had to go through that door. And mm-hmm. did it suck? It sucked. And you and I talked, uh, there, there was a time not too long ago where something from my way, way, way back past suddenly reared its little head, and I was approached by somebody way back when I was very young about something that I had done while in the addiction funnel. And I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a crime kind of thing or anything like that, but it was an embarrassing situation. And here all these decades later, that comes up out of the blue. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, what was I like 17 years old? Yeah. Here it comes. Yeah. And I'm sitting here saying, I am actually grateful that that came forward after all these years, because it was part of my process that wasn't completely it wasn't completed, apparently. It was still something that, that needed to come forward, and I needed to process through and make amends and be confronted by this person way back to my teenage years. And I'm actually sitting here from, from my heart of heart saying, I'm grateful that I got to go through that. Wow. I never would have said that years ago in my addiction. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm in the same boat. Well, and as we as we wrap this up, we do want to make sure that we kind of summate the 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 focus here because it is you know this is a it's a wide ranging topic and and here on a short podcast we can't do what we do in our Dare to Connect program. We hope that you'll uh, come over and join us there. We've got a two week uh, free trial going on with Dare to Connect right now, and uh, you can find more information about that at Dare to Connect Now dot com. But if we're talking about this this vision piece, right? If we if we're talking about how to set the stage for the most vulnerable relationship possible. And to and to address this wife really directly, again, there's not a right or wrong answer to this, but you do need but you do need to be aware that there are pros and cons to not being fully open with your partner, right, mm-hmm. about your concerns. Mm-hmm. And again, we totally empathize with the love and the care, but we too care too much about you to not be direct with you. The longer you hold on to that information about what you know and how it's impacting you, and the longer you don't share that, the the more potential you create for increased resentment on your end of him more distance between the two of you and further enabling of his behavior and his ongoing issues. As long as there is a sense of secrecy between the two of you, however well intended, either on your part for healthy reasons, his part for nefarious, or maybe it's a combination of both, your relationship will not progress to the point where it can. Now, you may be okay with that, and I don't say that sarcastically, right? Every relationship is in a different place. We have no idea how long you've been together, what other issues are going on in the relationship, where the relationship trajectory is headed, right? We have a very small window into that. So that may line up with, with the relationship goals or whatever the case may be. But if we're talking, if we're talking about the most intimate relationship possible and establishing the most, you know, setting the stage for the deepest relationship possible, there has to be a full sharing of myself with my partner and vice versa, the good and the bad. And 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 loving another person, as you probably have heard us say on here more than once, is about loving the other person to tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And you can't control how your partner is going to respond to that. One of the things that we're talking about as we focus on on shame right now in Dare to Connect is the concept of over-ownership. 
May we humbly suggest that you may be overly owning his feelings. It is not your job to make him happy. It's not your job to protect him from the consequences. And we're saying that as two guys who would have sworn up and down that that was the case once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. But it's, that's that's not your job. Your job is to be the best, most authentic, most connected with self, most real person that you can be in the hopes that he will meet you there to create the kind of intimate relationship that we think that you're wanting and that most people are wanting if if we're on the right track that way. And one final one final point as we kind of close up, I'll tell you the thing that is I never thought I could have that I have today in my relationship with my with my wife. We we pretty much are open books to each other. We pretty much know in each other inside out now. And yeah. the beautiful thing is Knowing all of that, all of my dark addiction past, all of it, she chooses me today. Yeah. I cannot begin to tell you what that means to me. How that, among other things, has brought me out of my shame, brought me out of a lot of my, my pessimism and negative self-talk. My wife knows me and she chooses me. Of the other three billion guys on the planet, knowing everything about me, she still chooses me. Wow. Yeah. And knowing everything about her, I choose her. So are you willing to get to the place where you can actually choose each other? I well, know. and the only way you'll be able to do that is by knowing. You right? can't, yeah. That's the only way that that happens. Yeah. And yep. so anyway, we, we, we love and care about each of you. Thank you so much for being with us today on this, on this uh, episode of PBSC. Of, uh, As always, if you'd like to send us a submission, um, we, we'd love to get those. We are a bit backlog, backlogged on those, but we will definitely get to those in the order that they're sent. You can reach out to us and contact us anytime at pbscpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you there. And again, feel free to, uh, reach out to us at dare to connect now.com. We'd love to, uh, take your healing and your growth in this recovery process from betrayal trauma, from, from addiction, uh, to the next level. Um, we, uh, we care about each of you. We hope that you're having a, a, a great start to the new year if you're listening to this around that time. And uh, we look forward to uh, connecting with you all next week. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.